1: It matters so hugely because it dignifies everything if we miss any of these it's not him it doesn't represent him because either we do it in the wrong spirit when we correct or we don't correct at all because we don't want to be unloving so when we follow these things that illuminates really the name of Jesus to everyone and that's what this culture of honor does and it's, it's, we talk about it more and more and more, and I've noticed that so do many others at this point.
0: Are you living a life that abides by and demonstrates the ways of Jesus? In the busy life that you have, it's easy to lose sight of the small things that Christ would have you do. Compassion, love, kindness, grace. These subtle small things can be taken for granted. Today, Elizabeth reminds you to remember who you serve. Now, here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth as they continue their message, A Culture of Honor.
2: You know, we talk about Christians cheating other Christians. You know, he said he was a Christian and then, you know, he, he didn't, he took the money that I gave him, but he didn't, you know, provide the service that I paid him for. or. You know, whatever. But see, a lot of times the problem is we're we're not doing what Jesus said. We're not evaluating a tree based on its fruit. We're 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 evaluating a tree just based on what it kind of sort of looks like. Or you know, we evaluate a person based on what they say. You know, he says he's a Christian, and we take him at his word. But everything in his life suggests that he's not following Jesus at all. In this passage, what Jesus tells us is if if a brother sins against you, you you need to go sit down with him in private. And if he listens to you, you've won your brother. You've gained your brother. That's always the goal. You know, my mentor said to me one time, you know, if you're going to go confront him because you're offended, you need to wait until you can do it out of love for him. Because that's what the Bible says your motive should be when you confront. The Bible says you're going to gain your brother, not to prove how righteous you are and how wicked he is. You don't know yourself very well if you think he's more wicked than you or she's more wicked than you. You've not looked in the mirror long enough if you've still got rocks in your hands. And I'm, I'm as bad about this as anybody else, trust me. But what we're talking about here is, is honor. You know, it, it, it occurs to me that, that if we spent more time in the Scriptures and spent more time looking at ourselves, we would struggle less with bad attitudes toward other people because we would be so completely confronted with how ugly we are, how wicked we are. But you see, it's, it's an expression of love to talk to other people about their sin in this context. It's an expression of love to to say to someone what what you said isn't very Christlike. What you did isn't really isn't it it really isn't Christlike. It's not biblical. the 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 choices that you what you're doing right there that's just it's unhealthy. It's not like Jesus. Hebrews twelve five in the in the message version um, paraphrase. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training the normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? Many people would, it seems like. If we really think about it, we know that wouldn't be very smart, would it? The sun wouldn't come up or go down. All kinds of things would go sideways. The whole world would fly apart. This culture of honor, remember from where you've fallen. Repent, it means go back to that. Do what you did in the beginning. Forgive, hide from evil, address sin, and, and then accept the discipline of God in your own life. You know, we we sang about, about it tonight. When we know His faithfulness, when we know where He's taken us, when we know what His intentions are, that they're all good, well then it's a lot easier to embrace the process even when it's painful, even when it's filled with hardship.
1: So, so when we've done that, like when Jesus, first he assured the woman, he made sure that the accusers dropped their rocks. And then he exhorted her to go sin no more. Like both were part of what he did of his honor. But then there was this one last step that, that really wasn't so much directed as her as, as to everyone. In John 8, 12, it says, Jesus spoke to them. Like, they wanted to make an example of her. He made an example of her for his cause. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And that's what it all comes up to, or comes down to for me with that, is like, having done all these things, it's not just for the correctness of it, it's that it shines his light. It shines his light. So the seventh point would be that this culture of honor, it illuminates. It illuminates everything first. It illuminates our own blind spots. If you look at that list, remember, repent, and forgive, and hide from evil, that's illuminating our world before we do anything to each other. And then addressing sin and accepting discipline, that that illuminates the relationship. And that, it, it matters so hugely because it dignifies everything. If we miss any of these, it's not him. It doesn't represent him, because either we do it in the wrong spirit when we correct, or we don't correct at all because we don't want to be unloving. So when we follow these things, that illuminates really the name of Jesus to everyone. And that's what this culture of honor does. And it's it's we talk about it more and more and more. And I've noticed that so do many others at this point. As the day draws closer, I just saw a thing, Francis Chan talking so much about it now. The unity of the church, the respect among churches, church denominations to each other, this culture of honor, it goes beyond just our own little private lives. It is something that for the end times will set us apart. The last thing on Jesus' mind before he was crucified was our unity. It was the very last thing he prayed for, and he prayed at length for that. And, and we do believe that it's the last day, so just to reiterate again what we talk about so much, but what's at stake if we do or don't apply these principles to ourselves? John 17:21 through 23, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you've sent me and have loved them as you loved me. There's so much at stake. There's the reputation of Jesus and the whole gospel stands and falls according to this on how we treat each other. It's huge. And it's, like I said, it's not just here, but it's, it's, it's a lot easier. I can get along with my Christian friends in Uganda and Tanzania, but it's harder like in the day-to-day squabbles. And that's really where it's tested the most. But whatever, wherever you run into finding your own thoughts then dishonoring somebody else, you are you're you're coming to this where these principles matter. This is this is what he said in first John four, the last scripture for tonight, verses twenty and twenty-one. Listen to this. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He is a liar. And Jesus clarified that if you even do it in your thoughts, you've done it. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And that means not the mask you put on when you see so-and-so. Not what you... He cares about what's here. He's like hypocrites with all the nice facades. God says that. I know what you're thinking. I know when you're thinking, when you're like, bless you, child, and meanwhile you're cursing them, and He knows it. That's what busts us so much. So as we prepare to go back into worship, if you will take one last look at the list, if you can bring that list of the seven up there again. Look at this list and say, which of these is He highlighting for me for tonight? Which of these is the hardest? Not which of these do I do the best, but which is the hardest. Look at that and then ask God to just imprint it on you. His love is the main thing. His
0: love is the main thing. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus.